Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 264. And away we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 264 of Shot of Wrestling. As you can hear, this is not Michael J. Putty. So you know this show's already off to a great start. It is me, your favorite actor, the Hollywood Assassin March One. By the way, Michael J. Putty, that's an intro. And ladies and gentlemen, you know me being the showman and all, I wanted to keep it nice and quiet as far as who my guest host is going to be today. He is a man that I know is Probably one of the best referees I've seen in person. He was a BWF, the lead official over there. He does a podcast now. As I understand, he's doing commentary now. So he is all over the place. He's up to his game. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Al Fon Stevens. My man, what is up? It's good It's good to be here. It's been a long time, Mr. Schwein, since uh, you and I have uh, conversed and been in the same place. Although this is virtual, but you know, it, it is virtual. So uh, you know, we, we're we're going back to the uh, to the last year and a half that we've been doing this show, doing virtually here because I do not have the equipment that Michael J. Putty has. But here we are. Uh, good to see you, though. Even though this is virtually, so my man, like we have a lot to catch up on. We we've touched base a little bit over DMs. Yeah, I have to ask, how are you feeling? Because for those that don't know. Alphonse, uh, you were one of the first people that I, that I knew to get COVID. And you yeah. got pretty and bad pretty early. Yep, I got it at the height of the pandemic when everything was uh, severe. Um, as with anybody who recovers from something traumatic, I have my good days and I have my bad days. Mm. But, you know, I try to uh, take things one day at a time, uh, get used to my new normal because right. there's uh, certain certain side effects that even though I'm recovered that uh, – COVID left me with that are, are taking way too long to get rid of. What, what so, type of side effects are, is that? Because I've, I've heard that like, you know, side effects last quite some time. So what, what, is, what is that exactly? If you feel comfortable with it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's fine. Um, Yeah. My lungs are shot. That's why I'm no longer reffing. Damn. Uh, yeah. went and went to the commentary table because uh, yeah, there are, there are a number of things that, uh, and, it, and, it, and it's crazy because everybody's different. Some people get it and they just recover like nothing ever happened. Some people are down for the count permanently, if they, if not dead. So, um, it's a yeah. crapshoot. That's it's a crapshoot. It's, it's a, lot, a lot of people don't seem to understand here. And, and from uh, the way I took it from uh, for with you and how you got it, it seems like you were taking it pretty seriously. You were doing everything right, and, and next thing you know, it, it was a relative. Yeah, it was uh, my dad. My dad ended up getting it, and then I was around him. And you know, uh, the way that 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 virus works. Um, you know, you, you could contract it and not have symptoms for like up to a week. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that's how it was. And, um, yeah, so my lungs are like shot right now. So even things like, you know, going for a walk, 
depending on uh, the distance I walk. Even that stuff is tough. So I'm just a year and a half later still trying to get used to everything. That is wild to me, man. That is absolutely wild. And, you know, for those that don't know, I mean, you know, to be, especially to be a lead official, the head, the head referee over there, I mean, it's not like you're no slouch. People think referees all you could be in any type of shape. You know, you know, you have to be, you have to be pretty active. You're on your feet, you know. So it, it's people are like, oh, you know, it only affects like you know people are not healthy, yana yana, whatever. Like, no, dude, you're you're pretty healthy. Yeah, and uh, a lot of people forget referees. Referees' jobs are more excruciating because we're out there sometimes three, four, sometimes even five times in one show. Exactly, taking bumps so, sometimes even. Yeah, so. Your average indie match, especially in BWF, is like what six to eight minutes. Main event might be ten to twelve. So imagine eight, eight times <laughs> on paper. Eight times, sometimes it goes oh, over. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it does go over. But eight minute, four eight minute matches. That's already over a half an hour. And then as the senior, nine times out of ten, I get the main. So you know that's like a good forty five minutes to an hour refing. A lot of people forget about that and overlook that. So I mean, I'm not the most fit guy in the world, but I've had my uh, my you, the, the footage speaks for itself. Exactly. And there's plenty of footage out, out there for that. BWF, Bronx Wrestling Federation on YouTube. Shout out to them. Um, now, you, you probably hear a whole bunch of stuff uh, from like, you know, going online or you probably hear out and about about, like, you know, the, the con- uh, conflicting reports about COVID and how people think about it. You know, being a, a survivor yourself from it, I mean, how does that affect you when you hear stuff like that? Ah. Uh... I get I get kind of upset when I because like I'm on Facebook because I'm I'm home I don't work so um, I spend most of my day either gaming or or watching old wrestling or being on Facebook the majority of the time and I see some comments and it's interesting because some people take it super seriously and then others are just like you know oh it's a hoax oh it's propaganda oh it's not as bad as people make it out to be um, just a whole bunch of crazy ignorant stuff and. You know, it's 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 not like certain illnesses where it's in one part of the world. It's all over the world. Millions of people have died from it. I don't think we've ever seen a situation where, you know, you walk outside and every single business is closed. Right. That that shut down in and of itself. I don't I think that's a once in a lifetime thing. I don't think anything like that will happen again. Hopefully not. I hope to God not in my lifetime. Like, you know, I mean, like, listen, not for nothing. What, every hundred years, something like that, it's been going on. Like the Spanish flu, like we had a similar case. I actually read something interesting in the New York Times where it was actually very, very similar to what's going on even today. Even with the whole mask debate, of uh, you know, people are going back and forth at each other for what two years. So I mean, like, I guess we haven't really evolved that much. <laughs> I, I, I've never, and I'll tell you this: I've never lived it. Not, I've never seen it where I've ordered food and the person drops the food at the door, doesn't ring the doorbell, and then. DoorDash sends you a notification with the picture of the food at the door yeah. saying that uh, your food has been delivered. So it's all weird. It's still weird to me. Um, even 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 wearing masks. Like, I'm a big pro-mask guy. But even now, like, masks, like, are, are, are still weird to me. Like, I'll get out to – I'll go to the grocery store and, like, hop out the car like it's nothing. And then yeah. I'm like, oh, wait a minute, my mask. And have to end you- up going back. Do you still wear your mask even though, even though like the restrictions have been lifted for a bit? Yeah. 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 I, I, I can't blame I, you. I can't blame you. I, I, the thing is, I don't want to take a chance to revisit mm. what I went through. Yeah. Um, I still think about it quite often. So I'm like, you know, I'm not, I don't want to deal with that again. 
Ah, shit, man. I am so sorry. But yet, I am glad you're here with us. I, I know it was, yeah. oh, thank you. It, was, it was touch and go for a bit there. I was really concerned. I uh, sent all my prayers over to you, my man. So I, I'm glad you're here with us. Uh, switching gears just a little bit here. So, uh, you know, very sad to hear about the, the whole refereeing career here. Uh, but I am, at the same time, glad that you found a way to transition and still stay in the world of professional wrestling because I know you love it. How has that transition been over to commentary, man, from one commentator to another? Uh, it's, 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 it's difficult because on one hand, yeah, you're calling the action and the plan was never for me to be a commentator. So funny story, I guess we'll peel back the curtain. Mm -hmm. Um, I just showed up to a show, uh, out out of the blue ones. Uh, shout out to TJ Marconi because, uh, much love to TJ Marconi over here. Yeah. Uh, TJ actually told me to come to a show. It it is a show that I was also the head ref at another promotion, uh, IWA out in uh, Nutley, New Jersey. Got it. And uh, shout out to the uh, owner, Frank, too. Pretty cool guy. They both messaged me and were like, hey, we want you to come to the show. And I'm like, I can't ref. And they're like, oh, we don't care that you can't ref. Just come to the show. So I come to the, I go to the show, standing around, and I'm, I'm just happy to be there because that was the first time I've been to a show since, you know, the whole – since March 7, 2020, which was the last BWF show. So – yeah, remember that very sh- clear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get I get to the show. I see all these familiar faces: JD Alpha, Too Good, all these guys, and everybody's just like happy to see me. And I didn't plan on doing anything. I was I just sat down, copped a seat. I told TJ, I was like, "Hey, if you need me to help you in any which way, you just let me know, and I'll be glad to do what I can do within my limits of limitations." Of course. About an hour before the show comes up to me, he's like, uh, "You want to do commentary?" And I'm like, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah." So, because uh, Shane Fair, shout outs to him too. He was supposed to do commentary and ring announcing, and uh, from what I was told, he willingly uh, bowed out to give me that seat. So, yeah, I mean, to do both at the same time—that—that's got to be crazy. And and you know, I know Shane. Shane is very damn good at what he does, and I, and I think he wants to focus on, on on one thing rather than going all over the place. Because yeah, commentary—you're you're really there. You know, ring announcing the same thing. So it, it's it's crazy. So are you doing play-by-play or you doing color? Uh, play-by-play. And, um, oh, you're in the hot seat. Yeah, so uh, I got I got paired up with Nimrod, which was which was an experience. <laughs> and, uh, it's always an experience of Nimrod. But, 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 but it's a fun experience, though, because I'm like, you know, everybody knows me as the ref, the no-nonsense guy. And right. here is, like, the party animal sitting next to me. <laughs> And, and, you know, he, he's, he's being a complete jerk and, uh, and I'm trying to, uh, you know, play the straight and narrow. So it, oh it worked God. out. If so, Putty, if Putty was here right now, he, he'd, he'd share your pain. Probably. He probably would say the same thing about me on color. <laughs> hey, I, I, I heard you guys' commentary. You give that man a hard time. <laughs> it's all in good fun. Oh, of course. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so we've, so Nimrod and I have done two shows. Uh, the next show is on uh, August 7th. Okay. So, uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to branch out, you know, and, uh, just try to see where it'll take me. I personally think I still have some work to do, but some people have said I'm a natural. Okay. So, yeah. It, it remains, it remains to be seen, but I'm always my toughest critic. Even when I, when I was a ref, I would like watch the footage back and be like, damn, why did I do that? Or but you know I should have been there. I think that's awesome because that keeps you on top of your game, no matter what. Like, listen, I, I've been told I've been good at many things before, but you know, I, I never believe it. I, again, like you, I'm the, my toughest critic. I always just want to get better and better and better. Even if you're the best in the world, you should always still like work on your craft to get better. Because if you remain complacent, someone's going to pass you by. 
Oh yeah, I don't, I don't know if you're much of a sports guy, but uh, all the way. Troy Aikman, when he played for the Cowboys, uh, he had he had this famous quote when uh, when he was in training camp one year, and he was like, "Don't give me an A plus for a grade. I always want room for improvement." Hell so yeah! That, that's like the kind of motto I live by. Like, if I send somebody footage, don't tell me what I did good. Just focus on the negative so I can improve it. Although I. I do want to hear what I did good. I don't necessarily want to hear, hey, good job, great job, whatever. No. Tell me what I did good so I can work on that as well. Like, you know, keep that what I'm doing. But, uh, yeah, definitely tell me what I did bad. Or tell me what I can improve on. Because, yeah, I just want to knock it out of the park. Always want to be better, man. So I, I'm glad you're, you're enjoying it, though. I, I love it. And, and, and yeah. the funny thing is, of course, the first time I did it, I, I just got thrown in the seat. I, I, was, I was completely unprepared. Same. Luckily, luckily enough for me, I had refted this place for so long that I knew all the storylines. I knew everybody that was that was working the matches. So it's not like I was like a deer in the headlights. Right. But uh, now, uh, previously, I used to study footage of referees. Now what I do, my tape study is like completely different. Like I just turn on old wrestling. I, I either like not pay attention to the TV or close my eyes and just listen. And you, and I'm taking cues now. So do you ever uh, watch a match? Because we were we were told to do this at one point to um, you just watch a match, put it on mute, especially with something you've never seen before, and just call the match. Yeah, I've done that as well. It's a lot of fun. Um, and and the funny thing is, I have uh, experience. And a lot of people don't know this about me, but uh, I have experience um, with uh, broadcasting baseball from my co- from my collegiate days. Oh, boom! Perfect and, fit. So I, I relied on my baseball broadcasting pedigree. From like ten years ago, bringing to, uh, it back, man, bringing it back. Yeah, so especially with play by play, if they asked me to do color, I might be the worst choice. But play by play, I can, I can always. Hey, they, you need someone for color. You know, I could do that work. <laughs> oh no, absolutely. I might, I might, I might, I might, uh, I might have to uh, write Putty and ask him for advice on how to deal with you. <laughs> hey, well, this is practice right now, right? I mean, like, I'm pretty easy. I'm pretty easy right now. <laughs> In a in an in interview sense, yeah, but go on. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Well, Alphonse, I think it's time that we uh, transition over to some wrestling news. What do you think? Sure, let's talk about it. All right. It's time for In the News with Michael J. Putty and Mark Schwab. All right, in the news. So there seems to be a little bit of a roster swap going on here with NXT and Raw. Uh, As we saw in NXT, Mandy Rose made a couple of appearances throughout the show. It appears that she's going to be back on the yellow and black roster for good. And Aaliyah is going to be heading to Raw. So there's a little bit of a trade going on over there. What do you make of this? Is this a a good move for Raw? Is it a good move for NXT? Like, who's the winner here in this trade? It's 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 rough because clearly Mandy Rose was an established star for a couple of years. Totally. Uh, when she when she first came up with uh, Sonya Deville and Paige in that whole uh, Absolution deal, um, when I heard Aaliyah got sent to Raw, it made me scratch my head because I haven't like heard any convincing promos for, from her throughout the years that she was in NXT. For the majority of her time in NXT, she had Robert Stone with her, so she had a mouthpiece for her. Um, so it's just weird. Like, how is she going to factor into – I don't know how they're going to factor into the plans, you know? 
So appar- then- apparently, uh, WWE officials, like, you know, they'll have the figureheads over there. They've been at NXT the last few weeks uh, doing some scouting, if you will, to see. Yeah, because they, the, they want to replenish the roster. Yeah. Right. They, they, they need to replenish that roster. Uh, you know, we already saw it so far last week with the call-ups of uh, Tegan Knox and uh, Shotzi Blackheart. Shotzi, yep. Uh, they got a little bit of a, a lukewarm reaction uh, SmackDown today. So I was that was actually cu- uh, pretty curious. Well, but, well, 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 well. To to cut you off, right? I'm sorry to cut for, you off, right? No, there. go for it, please. Something that I have noticed is that the casual fan does not watch NXT. They don't, and I forgot about that until today. And 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 it's it's crazy because I have friends who are like diehard WWE fans, but if it's not Raw, SmackDown, or the pay per view. They don't watch, so they don't watch 205 Live. They don't watch NXT. And their, and their ratings reflect that. I mean, look at NXT. They've been hovering around 600, 700 for months. Yeah, so it's crazy because you, they're going to bring these stars up. I don't even think Karrion Cross would get a reaction in front of a live audience. Oh, because- I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Karrion Cross. Because also, the, the diehard WWE fans, they're like Vince in a way. They don't mm. watch anything that's not WWE. Mm, you know, I can't point. tell you the amount of conversations that I've had. I, I, I vividly remember this. When uh, AJ Styles wrestled Daniel Bryan for the first time in WWE. And yeah. so many people were so hyped for it. And I'm like, it happened already. <laughs> Over, a decade, <laughs> Over a decade ago, it happened already. So I was just like, or like when AJ Styles and Samoa Joe fought for each other for the first oh time. Oh my god, they, they wrestled so many times before. And and I'm like, this has happened already. Mm-hmm. Or even the Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. This is if, if you follow Ring times. of Honor, it happened already. So it's, well, it's Ring like, of Honor, you know, I, like Ring of uh, Ring of Honor, I think is a little different. I, I think there's not a big audience for Ring of Honor uh, by any means. Uh, right. I don't know, like. But that's that's my concern because and it's, and if you look at a lot of the NXT call-ups over the years, very few of them get like huge success when they get to the to either Raw or SmackDown. Well, now we're talking about a different story. Now we're talking about creative, probably here. Well, not uh, even not even creative is because you know you trot somebody out there and the, and the casual fan doesn't know them. How can you expect the crowd to either go yay or nay? I still think that's a creative problem. I and here's why. You know, like remember back in the day with the vignettes. Mm-hmm. You know, or, or even like even after the vignettes, do we do like these big squash matches after a while? You know, tell the story, build it up, build it up, build the hype. Let let the fans be impressed. Now, I, I think WWE has this uh, this arrogance about them that they just assume you know who these people are, even if they were in NXT. And then <laughs> it's funny because when they bring them to NXT, they kind of drop they do some sort of change of the name. They drop the first name or the last name. They change the music anyway, so they're already kind of repackaging the person. Yeah. I, it, it's just it, it boggles my mind. So that's why I do blame creative for that, you know, right? Just, just, but I, but I, I still feel the fans play a part in it. Now, here's my thing: back in the day when WWE Network, when when NXT was on the network, and you didn't watch NXT because not everybody has the network. So okay, I'll give you that. But NXT is on USA now, the same channel that Raw is on. You mean to tell me the day of the week is is a, is a is a deterrent to not watch? Right, and, and now NXT is unopposed. Yep, no, no AEW on the other channel, or so, even Impact. Nope, and uh, it, it's crazy because there's there's literally wrestling every day of the week now. I Mondays know. are Raw, Tuesdays are NXT, Wednesdays are AEW. Might uh, be a little Thursdays oversaturated. Might be a little oversaturated, but 
you know, if you're diehard, this this is a great time to to be a wrestling fan. There's just so much going on. You have to also you have oh, the yeah. coming back in full force. Uh, you know, a lot is going on here. But yeah, I mean, going back to the main point here with Aaliyah, uh, head scratcher. Curious about to see like you know what how she's going to play out there, uh, especially with uh, especially with so many stars on that show. It was a three hour show. They didn't necessarily utilize everyone. Mandy Rose though. I mean, it's just so alarming because she was tagging with Dana Brooke, right? It seems like I, feel bad, I, I feel bad for Dana Brooke of all people because they just had a segment Monday, right? Where they're chasing Natalia and Tamina, so. right? And I, do what, what's the move here? Is this Mandy Rose's call? Is this, is this creative's call? Do they think Mandy Rose has enough star power to bring some sort of eyes to the to uh, NXT? Granted, with all these. Uh, call-ups about to happen from NXT to the main roster. They need to replenish that somehow, some way. Uh, Mandy Rose, though, is a head-scratcher because she's obviously involved in the storyline. Well, it could be uh, um, an example, just like how when Finn Balor went back to NXT, um, it could just be one of those instances of uh, we gotta, we got we to gotta resuscitate this person's career or give this person's career uh, a, little, uh, a little, you know, kick in the rear. Because uh, now, look, Finn Balor's back on SmackDown. So maybe this is a... Is a great is a, pop, a, by the way. Yeah, great pop. So maybe this is a six-month thing for uh, for Mandy Rose. Maybe. Maybe. It, it's just, you know, another crappy thing about this before I move on is this was like the last true tag team uh, in a women's division that they're breaking up. I feel like the, the WWE women's tag division is just a hodgepodge of thrown-together teams with no real... No real rhyme or reasoning. Like they just throw people together, it, which I've never been a fan of. It it's it sucks. It, obviously, in, in the whole tag team division, even the men's uh, side who is in flux. I mean, we, look, we just saw Dolph Ziggler and uh, Bobby Roode have like five seconds of fame catcalling Bianca Belair in a SmackDown. You know, and yeah. they're a damn good team and vets, no less. Yeah, you know, this is obviously what they think of the tag team division, men and women's, but it, it's. Why even, like, the whole thing is, you know, the men's tag team division has been around forever. The women's tag team division is fairly new. Like, you just, mm-hmm. you, you launched these belts within, like, the last couple of years. Two years, uh, yeah. And already, it's just like, please, go away. It's, it's, like, it's, it's like the women's tag divisions, those, those are championships that are just around. Like, they don't really, I, I don't think Vince really cares who he gives them to, who he puts them on. And if they were to go away tomorrow, magically, it, he wouldn't even bat an eye. I don't think anyone would bat an eye, honestly. I, I, I think the best thing they could possibly do is put it away and eventually come back with a, a woman's mid-car title. I, I yeah. think that's the best thing they could, they could possibly do right now because it, it's just – this makes no sense. Moving on, though, uh, looks like Impact is the favorite landing spot for Buddy Murphy who's still a free agent. I think his 30-day clause or 90-day clause coming up to, uh, to an end soon. There are reports that Impact is making a major push for Buddy Murphy. Is this a good landing spot for him? My honest opinion, I would rather see him in Ring of Honor. Ooh, Ring of Honor. Okay. Why? I'm thinking about their roster and the matches he could possibly have. I wouldn't want him to go to AEW only because AEW lately has been – Ex WWE star crazy, like they, they they went and scooped Andrade, they went and scooped uh, Ale- well Malachi Black now, they they'll even get ex WWE guys who they pay to never wrestle like Mark Henry. I can I can't see Mark Henry ever lacing up a pair of boots ever again. So you know what though? I mean, this just happens in general though. You know, like 
okay, AEW's a newer company. I eventually it's going to happen where AEW starts going to jump ship to WWE. It's going to yeah. happen, and then yeah. people are going to be saying the same thing about WWE. But I feel like if an AEW guy were to leave and go to WWE, uh, well, actually, it happened one just the first time it happened. Um, I don't know if you're aware, B Priestley is in NXT UK now. So that's right. That's she, right. She just made the jump. So if anybody else from there were to go to WWE, they're not going to the main roster anytime soon. They're probably going to get repackaged different name. Like B Priestley's not B Priestley anymore. So no. Uh, so they're going to get a different name, di- probably a different gimmick. Whereas I, I, I look at AEW like they're, they're using a WCW formula, you know, to try to to try to get more recognition. Like they just sold out the 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 Arthur Ashe Tennis Stadium show. Yeah, and I think like if they want to go into like bigger venues and bigger markets. They're gonna need that star power. Like with with WCW, they went and got Savage Hogan, even all the way down to Gene Okerlund. So anybody with a name, it's working. Yeah, they they, they, they cracked a million for uh, Fighter Fest. Yeah, so, they're they're getting closer and closer to being at Raw ratings. Yep. And uh, as far as uh, Buddy Murphy goes, when I think of that uh, Ring of Honor roster, if if he were to go up against Roosh or Bandito or even Dragon Lee. Or or uh, PJ Black or uh, I, I even think him and Jonathan Gresham in a pure rules match would like blow everybody's mind. So I could see him gelling very well with that roster. Now you're you're an ROH guy, I take it. They're my second favorite company that's uh, around right now. All right, okay. If I tell so you here- my first. If I if I tell you my first, you probably look at me like I'm crazy. All right, uh, give it give it to me. Give it to me. I watch NWA Power on Fight every week. Yeah, I'm not going to call you crazy. I think NWA Power is great. Um, so, so, okay. So you, 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 okay. Clearly a wrestling fan. Yeah. I I watch, I watch, I watch everything. You watch everything. So, all right. For, for the people that are listening, I, who, I don't think a lot of people do watch ROH. I don't think they get enough credit right now. Uh, you know, Buddy Murphy, obviously I think that would be a good choice, but you know, at the same time, ROH, they don't have the budget. You know, they they, they don't, they they also don't have the TV deal. You have have to know what channel to watch Ring of Honor on. Right. You know, as as uh, as a wrestling fan in general, yeah, what you're talking about that sounds great on paper. You know, like you know, Buddy Murphy would definitely kill it over there, uh, and would probably help out in some way. ROH bring more eyes to the product. Uh, I know um, Maria Kanellis is trying to do that right now with the women's division. I mm-hmm. think she's doing a fairly good job. But here's the thing: I feel like with Impact, it's kind of like the same thing. Like I feel like Impact has been getting better over the years. Yeah, I think it's safe to say. But still, they're, they're treated like, you know, the, the red-headed stepchild. You know, I, I think ROH actually gets more respect than Impact. Well, the issue with Impact, and I said this from the very beginning, I don't like their deal with AEW because I feel like it's very one-sided. Mm. You make this agreement with this other promotion, and at first it was cool because Private Party and Matt Hardy showed up on Impact, and, you know, Gallows and Anderson showed up on Dynamite, but since then it's been... Gallows and Anderson every week on AEW. They're an, outside of Kenny Omega. You get no AEW guy on, on Impact. And then, you know, you, you get this guy from the other company. He comes in and wins your world title. And even during that match, you had guys who were on the Impact roster around the ring. Nobody tried to interfere and stop this guy. No. So that, Makes no that sense. I also found weird. I feel like Impact poured themselves out just so that they could get their name on TNT to try to get people to watch their product. That's exactly what it seems. And, and uh, 
another thing that's crazy to me is speaking speaking of that you know crossover the forbidden door being open whatever you want to call it Britt baker actually begged for a match with diana parazzo and it's still has not been granted i would like to see that match that match would be fire and 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 see that's the other thing about all these cross promotional deals i don't understand for months we saw the nwa women's championship on uh on dynamite right but but impact and aew they don't they're working together but they don't clash like that so yeah i, I but then again we don't know what the agreement is that's that's very, all, that, that, that's, that's also true that that's also true especially because i think new japan has been the most flexible they've sent guys to impact they've sent guys to aew like they're all over the place new japan's a different beast i feel like all these promotions, WWE included, are dying to work with New Japan. New Japan, New Japan's like that that hot, attractive promotion. Uh, it's kind of like aloof, just like you know, everyone wants a piece of it. But it's really in New Japan's court as far as like which promotion they want to play with. Yeah, and I, and I think because New Japan is is the biggest game uh, in that market, um, they they have their their pick of the crop. But I think it's cool on their part. They sent Finn Juice to Impact. Uh, they, they sent, uh, what was the guy that wrestled, uh, I forget, I forget. He wrestled Eddie Edwards. His name is, uh, Sojima or Kojima or something like that. Uh, I'm really bad with the names over there. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he went, he wrestled a match at impact. Um, they, they had Leo Rush make that appearance at, at, at double or nothing. So, and of course, who can forget Yuji Nagata and John Moxley's match for, uh, for a new Japan title in, right <laughs> on dynamite. So, so the, yeah, this- they're, they're AEW is like is they they're the biggest winners here of all the promotions right now because they're, they're playing they are playing nice but also a little bit to their advantage with all these different promotions right now, uh, so it's working out well. Buddy Murphy, honestly, I thought would be actually a pretty good fit for AEW. I see what you mean. I think it'll be you you'll hear the floodgate of comments. Oh, another WWE guy, blah blah blah. Yeah, I, I think Buddy Murphy could do some great work over there. Impact, obviously, I mean. He'd do fine over there, especially in that X division. I think mm-hmm. he'd tear it up. I mean, the X division, I think, is probably the best part about Impact, if a pure wrestling base. Yep, I agree. Uh, you know, it, it, Buddy Murphy, I think he's just – he's one of those guys who's uh, an under-the-radar gem. If you play fantasy football at all, uh, this is a sleeper pick right here as far as the free agents that are out there. Yep. And and if and, and before you move on to your next point, if you look at that AEW roster, everybody that's a star there, all most of them, with the exception of maybe Orange Cassidy, I believe all of them came from another were built up as stars in other places. Right. Jericho, Moxley, uh, who else off the top of my head? Uh, the Young Bucks, Cody. So I I I know for a fact if Buddy Murphy goes there, there's gonna be a lot of a lot of comments in, in somebody's Facebook post. Just let it be, though. I mean, like, let's, let's see how it plays out. Yeah, you know, it, it's just. See, but I liken I, I, it to, I, like, real life. Like, AEW is like a startup company. Eventually, you're, you're going to need to bring in you. employees who have worked from other places. Thank you. That's exactly what I've been saying that over and over again. They are a startup company. Technically, that is true. Yeah, no, no company from the no company, Amazon, Microsoft, wherever, Apple. Nobody is gonna is gonna have the same employees ten years from the, from the from the first day of operations. You're gonna right. hire people from other places who have experience. Right. 
And if anything, that's going to help, especially taking people from WWE who, who, know, who know the game very, very well uh, and bring them to AEW locker room where you do have a, a mixed match of like different people from all across the world, have different levels of experience, a lot of indie talent over there who've never really worked a big stage before. Uh, and especially they have like only one real year experience because of the fact of COVID. Yep, the pandemic, yep. So like going on tour and everything, like you have these guys who are going to help these younger guys and girls, you know, develop and, and how to have uh, hone the craft a little bit more and also give them longevity because a lot of these indie guys, they do stuff right now, shake your head like, man, they're not going to last five years. Yeah, but and, and uh, like, like you said, and especially because it's a televised product, a lot of these guys that were indie guys, you tell them, all right, six minutes, they end up going nine and a half and no repercussions. So. Right. You know, uh, guys, guys in WWE, Vince, Vince is very strict on that time. So, you know, that uh, it, it, it's like sports. Unless you unless you like are, are under the learning tree of somebody who's who's been seasoned, you're, you're not going to get it. So that's how I, I exactly put it. It, listen. One, some of the best teams out there, they're a mix and match of vets and young studs. You know, if you had nothing but young, young players all across the board, yeah, it, it might seem sexy. You might see some plays in the highlights there, but you're not going to get very far. You need that. You need that mix. And I think AEW. They, I think they get it. I think they they hear the criticisms, of course, but you know they're they're staying focused on their goal on their journey. And I and kudos to them. Moving on though, uh, speaking of veterans, <laughs> Goldberg is going to be making his return to WWE. It's being reported that Bobby Lashley will be defending his WWE Championship against the returning legend at SummerSlam. There were rumors that we we're going to get Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley for SummerSlam this year, but looks like that's going to be a bust. Is this a suitable plan B? I, I feel like anytime they don't get Brock Lesnar, they go to Goldberg right away. So is this is this does this make up for that? The difference between and I was a huge Goldberg fan as a kid, by the way. So this is hard. Were you okay? Yeah, I was. Um, it's. Brock, the difference between Brock Lesnar and Goldberg, Brock Lesnar is still in the shape that he can go and and take bu- take a massive amount of bumps in a match if needed. Goldberg, you know, he takes maybe one bad bump or you hit him with a with some type of object and you may never see him again. So the match Brock with Undertaker, Lesnar, even though Goldberg like, I'm sorry, no, the, the the Goldberg match with Undertaker still sticks in the back of my head. And if you're a wrestler, if you're going to that match with Goldberg, that's got to be in the back of your head too. Yeah, especially because he struggled to do his signature maneuver. Right. So I would rather see Brock Lesnar, especially Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley is a physical guy. I would hate to, you know. And how long has Bobby Lashley been calling for this match? He's been hyping up. And now Bobby Lashley is probably the best he's ever been in his whole career in professional wrestling. And, like, this is a marquee match, man. Put them in an octagon or something. Like, let these guys go. Bellator versus UFC alumni, but. I just feel like Goldberg, like if you're going to bring Goldberg in, it shouldn't be in a world title match. Goldberg doesn't need a world title. Even when even when he had that win over uh, uh, Bray Wyatt when he was the Fiend, I said, this doesn't need to happen. Like it, it does nothing for anybody. Maybe for like that, that, see what I think they're going to? They're trying to get that fan back who watched during the Monday Night Wars, who doesn't watch anymore. And, you know, you go to the office, and, you, and one guy who happens to watch wrestling says to the other guy in the lunchroom, hey, you're Goldberg's the champion again? Goldberg? 
The same guy that beat Hogan? Yeah, that Goldberg. All right, I'll watch. I'll, 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 now I got to watch Raw next week. I think that's what they're going for. But I have to ask you a question. Yeah. Um, you're actually the first Goldberg fan I've ever spoke to in my life. Really? Yeah, for real. For real. Wow. So I, I, I have to ask you, um, why? <laughs> no, no, no for, no, for real, though. Like, you know, what, what, what is the attraction of Goldberg for you? And I'm not criticizing. I, I no, no, no. Um, so to answer the question, when Goldberg was at, when came, first came through, 97, so I was six years old, you know, as a little kid, you know, you see a guy who comes in here. You're a lot younger than me then. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, I'm only 30. So the, um, as, as a six-year-old kid sitting there watching the guy, first off, you know, he inhaled that smoke in the, every entrance. Like, to, to me, he was just a badass. He inhales smoke. He spits. He snorts. The pyro granted, is off. Granted, the entrance is fucking awesome, even to this day. Right. I will agree with you on that. Right. The entrance is part of the allure. Just like we know Ultimate Warrior was never the greatest worker, but the whole presentation, of, as a kid, you're like, whoa, I want to be like that guy. So. You're right. I feel like Goldberg is kind of like the modern-day Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. And then as, and as a kid, you know, the guy has the entrance. By the time the entrance is over. He did two moves in 10 seconds, and the match is done. And as a kid, you're like, whoa, this guy is awesome. Like, he could, he could, and then he won every match for like a year and a half. So as a kid, I'm just like, yo, this guy is like the, the hottest thing to ever come down the pike. So that's what, and as a kid, I wanted to be Goldberg because I wanted to feel invincible because that's basically what he was. And even when he lost, he didn't lose clean. So, you know, yeah. Okay, so now fast forward as an adult. As an adult, I'm not. I don't get as excited about Goldberg, but the little mm. kid in me still jumps up and down every time Goldberg gets advertised. So Alphonse Stevens, yes, sir. You, say you're that guy who's no longer a wrestling fan. You're in the break room, and someone says to you, "Hey, man, you're Goldberg won the title. Would you watch?" I would watch just to see what the presentation is. Got it. Okay, respect, respect. That's a good answer. Yeah, because think about it. You, you, you're, you know, you're you're somebody who watched this watched this stuff as a kid, as a teenager, and your last memory of the guy is him and him in his prime. And now, twenty years later, you go back. Oh, let me see how he looks. But at the same time, okay, we've seen this already. This is not like Goldberg's first match back in so long. You know, the people that have heard this in the break room before, the the, the this example you use. You know, they probably watch Goldberg versus Undertaker. For sure they watch that. Well, mate, well, yeah, that's true. If you watch that, oh, my God, that would, ooh, I right? hate thinking about it. And, and you'll probably turn that off right away. Like, dude, what, what the fuck did I just watch? I, I, I just watched Undertaker almost get paralyzed. Um, you, you probably watch Goldberg versus Fiend. You probably watch Goldberg versus Kevin Owens. You probably watch Goldberg versus Insert Person Here. Like, you've seen this already. Yeah. And it, it, it really, I feel like Goldberg really hasn't done much to bring back that casual fan that you talked about because they've already seen it before and they're just like, huh, okay. Like, were you really wowed from any of those matches back from his, from his latest run? Hey, be honest. The very first match when he came back and he beat Brock Lesnar at that Survivor Series, the first one. That was shocking. That match. That was shocking. Yeah, because nobody expected that result. And Brock Lesnar up until that point, the way he was presented, is a badass. So the fact that the badass got slayed handedly, I was like, oh, okay. But since then, like, like you said, the match with The Undertaker, I didn't like. Uh, the match with Roman Reigns, oh. He came out there in basketball shorts, for crying out loud. Oh, my God, yes. 
That's how you know somebody in wrestling's over the hill. You got to wrestle in basketball shorts or a t-shirt. <laughs> They're done. And he's come back so many times before he came back in the Royal Rumble. Even like yeah. it, it, it's just. I feel like WWE messed up with this contract with Goldberg. They gave him too long of a contract. Uh, obviously, they, they have to utilize the dates. So, of course, he's going to come back. One of the major shows, either SummerSlam. If it wasn't going to be SummerSlam, it was going to be Survivor Series. I, I, I agree with what you said before. I, I don't think it should be for a world, a world championship. And we are assuming, by the way, it's going to be for a world championship. Uh, because the plan, they're saying plan as of now, right? So, that of course... As we all know in wrestling, what does it always say in the bottom of the card? Card subject to change. Exactly. But I feel like a guy with Goldberg, you bring him back as one of those guys, like he's the surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble, but you don't bring him back for a marquee match. No, no, and he doesn't need it. And honestly, I don't think anyone really wants to see this match. I, I, I would be surprised if people were like, yes, Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg, dream match. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe in the video game. I, maybe, if that. But, Alphonse Stevens, that's all I have today for the news. Moving on to TV Takedown. Let's do this. It's time for this week's TV Takedown. All right, my man. Since you're the guest, I'm, I'm used, so used to going first on this, but... You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hand it off to you, Alphonse. What was your TV takedown of the week? The fact that the Thunderdome is no more. It, 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 it's so difficult to watch wrestling when you have all those screens of faces in the crowd. And that, that, that noise. I felt like I was listening to the, the was it, the Vuvuzelas at the, in the soccer game? Yeah. Like and the buzzing noise. Like, 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 and this is my thing about this pandemic era of wrestling. Of course, AEW, I feel, handled it the best, cool. uh, put, putting the, uh, the guys from dark uh, in the crowd. But I feel like if you're going to have an empty arena, you don't need to pipe in any type of noise. No. That's the one knock I give Impact as well. They pipe in crowd noise when nobody's hey, there. Hey, question. Yes. Do you feel like on, on SmackDown tonight uh, that they pumped in some noise? I don't think so. I think the reaction Edge got at the top of the show was, was genuine. Oh, I, I felt that was genuine, too. But I, I'm talking about specifically, I was noticing some things when, uh, when Otis was facing Cesaro. Uh-huh. I saw a dead crowd. I saw a dead crowd, but I was hearing noise. Like, you see in the first row, like, in the first few rows, like, hand, arms folded, board faces. But you're, yeah! Woo! I got I to gotta take a look back at that, but I, I don't I, I don't like, think huh. Because also, it's harder to pipe in crowd noise when the show is live and you have people there. So uh, this is not something WWE is like. It's not a new thing for them, they, right? They well, I, yeah, I know they, they pump in the crowd noise. They're, they're infamous for that for for Cena and Roman when they were trying to push them as baby faces. But I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I I didn't pick up on it. I gotta I gotta go watch that back now. But I I do have to agree with you. The fans. I feel like if there were there's any piped in noise, it wasn't for a whole lot of segments. I feel like for the most part, like you heard it live. Towards the end, you, you saw the fans getting riled up for Cesaro's swing, of course. I mean, that, that's freaking awesome to see. It was cool to see the the whole shot because you remember back in the day, well, not back in the day, but before the pandemic, like, you know, like, oh, SmackDown fill, not filling the crowd. Like, you know, you see these like weird angles of like, you know, of like rows of empty chairs and whatnot. 
you see like this whole arena definitely sold out full yeah because and i and i also said it when these companies when uh, return to, to touring they're they're going to be sold out because people people got to scratch that wrestling inch oh. you haven't been able to go to a a live show in over a year and a half so like like my, like my situation for example um i was supposed to go to uh, aew blood and guts in in uh in prudential in jersey oh no shit and and two weeks and and the world shut down literally two weeks before that show mm. so i've 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 been like you know sitting here just like oh man when am i gonna go to another show like so like i i, I understand why everybody would rush to go back to the first show that's that's available it was really cool to see, man. And, and I, I was very curious, very curious to see how certain stars were going to treat it. Like Roman Reigns, when his music hit, I was like, all right, here we go. And you kind of heard some mixed, mixed reactions at first. I was very curious about that because I, I thought, because Roman Reigns has been killing it. Yeah. I thought fans were going to cheer. You, you, know, you, know, you know what it is, why he gets that mixed reaction is because it's like, it's like muscle memory, right? Even mm-hmm. though he's had this character since the pandemic, since he came back, but everybody's last memory of, of him when they last went to a live event, he was a completely different character. So totally. automa- automatically, when you sit down in that seat in that arena, despite everything that you've seen on TV for the last year, you automatically just shift back to, oh, well, the last time I was in an arena, this, this, and this was, was like this. So Good point. But credit to Roman Reigns, because those mixed reactions, the cheers, you heard, some of the cheers you heard in the beginning, everyone was booing towards the end. Like oh yeah, you, he was getting that heel. He he was doing such a good job. You you felt it. You felt it with all the wrestlers. You felt it all across the board from the fans, the wrestlers, even in the commentary. I I saw. I was following on Twitter. People were like, "This is the best Michael Cole's done in years." Well, no shit. Like you know, everyone is jacked up from that crowd, from that live reaction. You feed off that energy as performers ourselves here. Like you know, I, as a commentator, like I I've been. I sold that shows BWF. Like you feel that energy, you get hopped up on it. you, you you react to it. Everyone does. Yeah. Everyone does. And it feels special, and it resonates through the through, uh, through the screen. And it was it was awesome to see, man. Yeah, and 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 it actually felt weird these last couple of weeks because obviously AEW's had a crowd, Ring of Honor on their pay per view just had a crowd, and now SmackDown had a crowd tonight. So. It's it's been kind of odd lately watching wrestling with fans in attendance. Like right. it just doesn't now the normal, the old normal doesn't feel normal anymore. Exactly, exactly. And, and, and you brought up a good point. You know, other promotions have had fans back, and it's been great to see something just was different about SmackDown. But whether it was just the hype of building it up, or I, I don't know what it was, but it just felt that much more special seeing in WWE. Well. They were running commercials for the last three weeks. I don't know if you ever saw them, but um, they even even during the MLB All Star Game on Tuesday, they they had a spot in the middle of the game saying, "Yeah, this Friday night on SmackDown, the fans are back." I've never in the for the life of me ever heard of a wrestling uh, show promoting that. Yes, we will have fans. So that was kind of odd too. But at the same time, I mean, you you think of the times lately. Yeah, you get it. And I have to say, by the way amazing package in the, yeah. in the beginning like i agree it, it was a great package highlighting the fans highlighting the different reactions the, the, the best reactions over the years um hey, wwe always like honestly they really get the creme to the crop for years as far as like production people putting this shit together yeah their video packages are a1 yep 
Like no, no one, no one. AEW can try all they want. It's going to be years, probably decades, yeah. before they get to that level. They don't have enough footage to say. Well, when fans were here, no, it just the music and everything, the the cuts. It's just it works so so well. And then of course that pop in the beginning of Vince McMahon. <laughs> Amazing. And uh, that well, actually topped the pop from WrestleMania when he opened WrestleMania night one. Of course. Of course, it probably how many people were at that? There was probably more people at that, even even though it was like think, a full crowd. I, I think WrestleMania each night was twenty thousand people, and this was like fourteen thousand tonight. About fourteen thousand, yeah. But this is more condensed at this. Yeah, this is more condensed. Like they were in a football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were spread out. I, I, I noticed too. Little slight difference. Like you heard more pop from the ring. Yeah, I, I feel like they had the they had the mics there going full force under under that ring. It just, it, it just all felt like spectacular. It felt like wrestling. No, no they, they, they upped their production value for the first show back with the fact. They even changed the set, which I thought was cool. So oh, Totally. Totally. So props to SmackDown. I, I feel like that was my takedown of the week as well. It, it was just um, not to say like there were, you know, wrestling was bad this past week, but this just felt different. It felt special. It felt like, you know, the last year and a half, were there some good moments? Sure. But for the most part, it was just like, man, this feels like a chore. Like watching WWE for the most part. Uh, and, you know, really, I mean, the fans make a huge difference. They really yeah. do. Yeah. Like I said, I've, I've, you and I have both uh, worked BWF shows where there was hardly anybody in the crowd. And we've worked BWF shows where there was not a single seat standing room only. And the notice, the, the difference is noticeable. Totally noticeable. Totally noticeable. Dude, I'll never, one of my favorite uh, reactions live uh, from that show is when Vicious Vicky won uh, the BWF World uh, Women's Championship. Ooh, talk about heat. Oh, my Lord. Dude, I, she took the mic, cut a promo, could hardly understand what she was saying. Because the and crowd not, was not, so Exactly. Not because like she was holding the mic weird or whatever. The crowd was just so hot. So, so hot. She got nuclear heat. It was amazing. I was so happy for her. <laughs> and only wrestling can you say that. She was getting booed out of the arena. I was so happy for her. <laughs> well, you, you think that's rough? I remember when uh, that very first Cruiserweight title match when Brother Greatness won it in the tournament I against Mantis. That. The crowd was so loud, I couldn't even hear myself count. That's how bad it was. But that's good. That's something that you want. But it just made my job tougher, but I knew I knew we were we were having something special that night. I'll never forget that night. But oh, totally. Yeah, the crowd. Yeah, the crowd. The crowd makes the crowd. The crowd can make or break a show, and even if you have a crowd that's completely sold out, if they're not invested in what's going on in the ring and they're just sitting there just quiet, you might as well wrestle in front of nobody. So, I feel like I feel like that's worse than wrestling yeah. in front of no one. I, I really yeah. do. Because you have all these eyes watching you, and they're not reacting to anything, which. I don't know how these. I, I don't know how these guys in Japan because I've seen tapes of stuff that goes on in Japan, and those guys don't clap until the match is over. So that's I can't imagine. Feel so weird. That's gonna be so weird. But that's the culture there. So it's to, yeah, that's it's the culture there. So they can get used to it. Yeah, you know, I, I I feel like since we both had someone take that, I feel I feel like I should go over some other things. Here. Do you do you have other uh, other moments you want to talk about? Uh yeah, actually. Um, uh, again, um, I know we said that Ring of Honor, uh, not a lot of people get to watch Ring of Honor, so if you can check it out, uh, you should. Uh, their main event of last week's uh, their main event of last week's show 
was just absolutely tremendous. Uh, it was uh, La Facione and Gubernable. That's uh, Dragon Lee and Kenny King. They wrestled uh, uh, Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham from the foundation and Brody King and Tony Deppin from Violence Unlimited in a three-way tag. And that match, that match was complete, complete fire. Now, for those that don't watch ROH, and I admittedly, I have, I'm aware of what ROH does. I have not watched it live. Uh, where do you, where can you watch ROH? Uh, so what they do on their website, uh, they keep it up for a week. They put the newest episode up for free, so you can watch it. Uh, the, they usually air um, on uh, Fridays. So um, the channel is different depending on what neighborhood you live in, which I think is like super crazy. Like they're bringing syndication back. Right. But uh, you can always go on their website, and, and they actually advertise on the front page, uh, watch latest TV episode here. So they actually just did a cinematic match the week before. Oh, no way. Uh, yeah, uh, the Briscoe brothers fought each other on their farm. Oh, no shit. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was good. It was good. Um, okay. Yeah, and Ring of Honor, and I, and I found it funny because I was like, Ring of Honor, cinematic match? Like, where does that happen? So, what, okay, cinematic matches can... I mean, WWE obviously did very well because they have the production value, but how was ROH uh, with the production value for that? It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. And honestly, and I've never been a fan of cinematic matches, I'll admit. Like, I didn't enjoy the Boneyard match, even though everybody agreed about it. Oh, wow. Okay. Because the thing with me is, if I I turn on wrestling, I want to sit down and see wrestling. I don't want to see – like, the the Boneyard match was great because, you know, it, it was something movie quality. Yeah. But if I want to watch a movie, I'll go and turn HBO on. Like that's that's that that's my my opinion. But I sat down and get, I, I did not expect to like this match at all. But the difference between this match and all the other matches, like if you look at the Boneyard match or even uh, what impacted with Total Deletion and all this other stuff, mm-hmm. like you get commentary over the matches, you get spooky music and all these and all these different uh, false lightning and all this other type of stuff. Everything in that match that the Briscoes had against each other, everything felt real. Like, they fought on a farm. There was no commentary over the match. There was no weird weird music in the background. Um, nothing was out of place. It wasn't like the stadium stampede match from AEW where, you know, they, they, say, they say and do things that are tongue-in-cheek and, like, they wink and break the fourth wall. Like, none of that occurred. Like, they're fighting on a farm. Everything they're hitting each other with is stuff that you would find on a farm. Okay. Even so much so to the to the to the part that they, they, they fight in the in the in the bed of a pickup truck. Again, things you would find in a farm. And then even the match itself, because they're trying to tell a story. For those who don't know, they're on a huge they were on a huge tag team losing streak to the point where they turned on each other, blaming each other for the loss. And their father said, Well, listen, you guys are gonna do you guys are gonna do what you did when you were kids and had an issue. You're gonna just beat the crap out of each other until it's out of your system. And the father refereed the match. Oh no so, shit! Yeah, like I, 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 I heavily recommend that anybody who likes cinematic matches sit down and watch that match. Alphonse Stevens, you just sold me. So yeah, thank the, you for that. It, 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 it's on their YouTube, so you don't even have to like track down the episode that it was on. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, it was two weeks ago. So when when you when you watch that match, uh, uh, shoot me a message and tell me what you thought of it. Especially because you're a Hollywood guy yourself, so I would be. I am a Hollywood guy, and I, I do love some good wrestling, and I do like the Briscoe Brothers. So th- this uh, this definitely intrigues me. So I, I'm definitely the full match is available on YouTube. The full match is on their YouTube Fantastic. channel. Yeah. 
fantastic. I'm going. And it's only and it's only 14 minutes, so and we got 14 oh, minutes to nice kill. Nice and easy. Nice yeah. and easy. I can watch that during lunch. Yep. All right. So uh, you know, I have some takedown myself. I want to talk about here real fast. Uh, first off, with impact, I have to say, I enjoyed. Uh, the, you know, impact going here with this with Tennille Dashwood attacking Matt Cardona. You know, it, you know, it, I, I heard about that, and uh, he's supposed to be getting a uh, a mystery partner for Slam Anniversary. Chelsea Green, it's got to be Chelsea Green, even though she's in Ring of Honor. Is she actually signed? I heard something about this that she she doesn't actually have a signed contract with him; that they have a working agreement with each other. Ah, so it, it could be right. So it, it could be, especially with all these promotions working with each other and having some sort of a agreement, if you will. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I really wouldn't be surprised. I, I think it actually logistically it makes sense because why? I mean, I guess everyone knows that Tino Dashwood did date Mac, Mar, uh, Matt Cardona. Uh, were they engaged? I forget. I have no clue. I know. I know he's engaged to Chelsea Green now, but yeah, I know he's engaged. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and I, I love the fact that Impact weren't they weren't afraid to go there. And I feel like Impact they do a good job as far as like I feel like they keep tabs as far as what's going on, what's trending, where people talk about on Twitter, what's going on in dirt sheets, and, and they they bring this shit up. You know, they they give little Easter eggs to fans, if you will. And I feel like this is another good moment here with that that they, they, they use this. They they went there obviously. Um, you know, I, I I would think at least, and they you know they talked to Tennille and Matt like, hey, yeah, you guys cool? This is what we're thinking of doing, or maybe they pitched them themselves. I have no idea. Do you think like WWE like in AEW? I mean, I feel like AEW kind of does. I feel like WWE doesn't really go there that much. Do you think like they should? Uh, I'm they're they're creative. Ever ever since we uh got in, the world got introduced to Kenise Mobley, I I don't think I don't think their writers go there at all. No, no, like. Listen, we talk about creative a lot here in this show. It, it just boggles my mind. When, like, I feel like the easiest way to go, like, fans are smarter than ever right now. Especially with the, with, with the internet. Yeah. And it, you, all you have to do is Google something and you'll find out a whole bunch of stuff. Right. So just incorporate this shit in the storylines. Like, you know, especially you have them utilize their social media a little bit more. Not necessarily in like the whole cheesy way, but like, you know, like, just make it more real based. Yeah. Know? Instead of this, I'm going to fight for the championship. I'm going to fight for the championship. It's like the same old shit all the time. It's like once in a while, that's fine. But like, you know, back in the Attitude Era, there was a little bit more to it. There was a little bit more spice to it than just for the championship or just for the gold or, hey, you screwed me over. Like, you know, there was, just, there was something there at least. And everyone had a storyline. Everyone has their own story. I mean, look at the documentaries they produce for WWE all the time. Even Liv Morgan had one. Yeah. Utilize this stuff, man. It, it just boggles my mind. Impact's doing it. They're doing a very good job with it. it it's just like WWE, they, they have the biggest budget of all of wrestling, and they just waste it on these, they're, they're like the writer that you just mentioned before. Yeah, and, and, and it's, it's crazy how I, I've never understood. And, and, and when I heard this, I kind of wasn't surprised, but I was surprised because I'm like, how do you apply for and get a job that you have no, no experience or qualification to have like that. That gave me inspiration to try to be a mechanic the next day, but I didn't follow through. <laughs> uh, some other things of note that I saw AEW, AEW, a very good show. I have to say, 
But the one thing that stood out to me was um, Malachi Black and Cody, Cody Rhodes, that spot there. Passionate promo by Cody Rhodes, first off. I don't know if you he's saw a, it. He's a really good promo. He, has a, he does a really good job of bringing passion across in his promo. All the time. Like, the, the man, I think acting has helped him with this. So, uh-huh. like, you know, how to, how to um, you know, emo, emotion from, from the fans. And especially, like, you know, he knows how to win a crowd, even when the cool thing to do is to hate him. And he knows that. He kind of brought that up, too. Uh, and great sto- storytelling by Black. Uh, and I love how they addressed the crowd reaction from last week. You know, Malachi Black obviously, you know, got the huge pop uh, against Cody. Brought it up saying, like, hey, man, like, you know, you're, you're, you're that horse got to put out, man. Everyone heard. Everyone loved me. Everyone loved it when I kicked uh, Arn and you in the face. Like, bringing that up, man. Like, you know, I feel like, again, not to, ho- not to hone in WWE here, but I feel like they would have ignored that reaction. They would have ignored yeah. it and tried to pr- press forward with their story here. Uh, I, I think it's cool. You, you have to use the fans here. You, you have to use their reaction, especially since now they're back. They're a huge component of it. Uh, so you just have to like mend your story along with it. Utilize that shit, man. Yeah, and uh, to your to your point, yeah, WWE has a, a great track record of ignoring the fans. Uh, the fans will boo something, and they'll still trot it out the next week as if they as if they cheered for it. So as if it um, never happened. Yeah, the, and 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 I feel like because we're in a different era of wrestling, the, the modern fan nowadays. If you kick an old disabled man like Arn Anderson in the face, that's gonna get you a pop. That's not gonna get you booed. <laughs> no, it's it's fucking wild, dude. And um, Malachi Black, I, I feel like he's doing like a similar character as he was with Aleister Black in WWE. Even like the the smoke and the and the black background. Well, if, if you if you notice the eye that guy that Buddy Murphy gouged out when they had that whole storyline, that eye he brought the eye with him, right? So. <laughs> I don't know whose call that is, by the way, but that's it's working. I mean, it's continuity, which is something that's severely lacking. There's something we've really never seen before: continuity from like one promotion to another. To another, yeah. I think the closest thing we've had to that was like when Scott Hall went to WCW for for the first time was like AO. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't think of anybody who brought who brought one storyline from. From one company over to another, I can't. I can't think of it. No, and I again, I don't know whose call that was. I don't know if it was Black's call or um, or if that was from uh, AEW management. But fantastic move right there with that. And listen again, I really have to give props to Cody Rhodes. I don't understand the hate with him, but like he, you know what it is. A lot of a lot of people that I've heard they 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 say that he has uh, Triple H syndrome. That that's the common knock on him. You know, he, he has a hand in the booking, and he's all over the TV. He's not putting anybody over, like, you know? But I feel like he does. He's, yeah, I mean, he, it, it, I, mean it, I feel, and this is just my opinion. Go for when it. They brought, when they had this whole storyline with Anthony Agogo on the pay-per-view match, Agogo should have beaten him. The kid, oh. the kid, this is the kid's first high-profile match. Before that match, he only had, what, two or three televised matches before then? Should have let him get the win. Cody doesn't benefit by beating him. And, and, and think about it. Look at the story. You, you're taking your, your deceased father, who everybody loved. You're taking his moniker for that one night. You're defending America on top of it. If he would have lost, 
Ogogo would have got so much heat, he probably would have had to have a security escort to go home. But at the same time, though, I mean, Cody can't lose every match. Can't, Cody can't lose every match, to, especially to a, to a young wrestler, because then he loses that spot to give to, a, to another guy. You know what I mean? But, well, that, well, that's true, too. But I feel like the last time I saw Cody lose was Darby Allen when he lost the TNT title. I can't recall any match that Cody has, 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 has lost since then. But, you know, again, as I was trying to mention before, like, you know, the, the, the praise I want to give Cody is he knows those criticisms. He, yeah. He's obviously, he's very well read about, like, you know, what's being said about AEW, with his product, about what about him in general on Twitter. Uh, and he brings it up. And yet he still gets a pop from the fans. So you got to give him, you got to give him credit where credit's due. Like, the dude knows what he's doing. He's very good psychologically. Well, and on par with Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah, and 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 to Cody and and his, to his family's credit, it runs in the family because uh, totally. his father was the was the Booker of, of WCW for for so long before the Monday Night War era. So even back from when they were the NWA. So I mean, if anybody would know how how what's good for for wrestling television, it would be somebody whose last name was Rhodes. And the last point I want to make here, uh, or last uh, t- TV takedown moment I want to talk about, gotta talk about it, man. Karen Cross and Samoa Joe. First off, I actually, I actually did see that. Oh <laughs> actually, boy, I have I have mixed feelings on that. By the way, first off, the match with him and Gargano was was well done. I feel like Cross looked like a beast in that match. Gargano definitely took a beating, uh, especially towards the end there. Uh, you know, but my. My thoughts going into this, the, the way the build was happening was I actually thought Samoa Joe was going to screw Karen Crossover and Johnny, Gar- Gar- uh, Johnny Gargano was going to be the new NXT uh, World Heavyweight Champion. That's what I thought. So I was actually a bit surprised that Cross won. I did not expect Cross to just out of nowhere choke out Samoa Joe. That was the last thing I thought was going to happen. Fucking cool to see that, and that's how the show goes off the air. Obviously, some some shit's going to go down. We're going to see Cross versus Joe. I'm here for it. What do you think? You said you have mixed thoughts. Well, I have mixed thoughts because I and forgive me for reading dirt sheets, but I read in dirt sheets that WWE Medical won't clear Joe because he's he's still having issues from those concussions. How so, though? He's 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 still all right. So Samoa Joe, right? I, I hear these reports as well. But anytime you hear. Like someone's not cleared, like Edge or Paige. Uh, I'm talking about Edge, like you know from before, uh, or Dana Bryan at one point. They literally didn't do anything. They they didn't take a bump. They they didn't do uh, they didn't do any moves at all. Even if a submission move, they didn't do anything. They were untouchable. The most they did was like someone put like uh, Seth Rollins put his hand on on Edge's head or whatever, and it was like acting like he was going to hit him. And we all knew that was never going to happen. Joe put someone in, in, in um, what's a, I'm sorry, he's a blank ass submission hold. Coquina clutch. The Coquina clutch. Thank you. He put Cole, Adam Cole in that a couple of weeks back. He, he took, he took a crosses finisher this past week. You know, he's doing pretty, uh, he's doing pretty much a lot for someone that's not medically cleared. Right. Just saying. Now, now, if the reports are true and he's not medically cleared, then. Because, you know, the whole storyline, he can't, he can't touch anybody unless he's physically provoked. He's right. not allowed to be a competitor. Um, so I, 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 I don't know how this, how this works in far – because, like, what's the payoff? Because, you know, in wrestling, everything has to have a blow-off, you know? 
So does he choke him out and we just forget about it the next week? Or, you know, does Joe come back and want a match, which if he's not medically cleared, can't happen. So I, I, that's why I have mixed feelings. If, if, I, if I didn't read that report, then I'd be like, oh, yeah, like you. Yeah, I want to see Joe versus Cross. But if they're not going to let him wrestle. You mean, then- do, you, do you really think, do you, do you think, and this, this could be the case. I, I'm not saying that you're wrong here. Uh, is it going to be another situation of like Kevin Nash versus CM Punk? We just don't see it happen. You see all this build and it just doesn't happen because Nash was never medically cleared. I hope not. And I and I'm I'm the I'm the type of person when I watch my wrestling, like if you're gonna have two characters interact, there has to be some like I said, there has to be some type of resolution. So right. even if a match doesn't happen, like let Joe come back and you know cost him the title or something, but I mean, I would preferably want to see a match if Joe can go, but if Joe can go, a Joe versus Cross would be phenomenal. The story oh, itself yeah. is already writing itself right now. Those two in the ring be fantastic and and also it'll be fucking great to be Samoa Joe back in the ring again yep you know he hasn't he he hasn't wrestled since pre-pandemic right if anyone's going to send cross packing to to the main roster that's a weird way to put it like hey man hit the bricks gonna go to main roster now um if anyone's going to dethrone Karen Cross and then he gets uh gets to go to main roster afterwards what better person Samoa Joe yeah, that and 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 everybody's saying, "Oh, well, Joe's taking a step down." Hey, the guy, the guy hasn't been a regular performer in how long? Like, you know, this is like to get him, maybe get him back on track. Right. So, yeah, I, I have no issues. I have no issues with that move, especially because Carrying Cross, how many weeks in a row was working dark matches before TV tapings? So it's happening soon. Carrying Cross is going to go to main roster some point soon. Um, you know, and probably not as NXT champion. So, who's going to take him down? If not Samoa Joe at this point, I really find it hard to believe that he's not medically cleared. He's done again. He's done a lot for someone that's not cleared. I'm wondering right now if like WWE is just leaking some stuff as like uh. Well, what he's done so far, I mean, he he put the coquina clutch on 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 Adam Cole. That didn't require a bump. He got choked out on 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 Tuesday. That didn't require him to bump. Uh, so but again, have you seen anyone that's not medically cleared do anything at all, like even remotely well, near that? This is a long time ago, but uh, I don't know if you remember uh, Shawn Michaels when he he used to throw super kicks every time he used to appear as the commissioner back in the day when he wasn't medically cleared. So I mean that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. But that's also before the day when concussions were taken seriously. Well, well, he had a he had a back injury. So yeah, back injury. But like, oh yeah, no, yeah, but yeah I, I get you. You, you, you. I mean that. I mean you have a good point there with that. That was a back injury. That wasn't concussions. Um, I feel like he was still working with concussion so at one point but you're right that particular to- moment you're talking about was a back injury excuse me i don't know man i you, that, that mean you just shut me up there with that that's a good point and then also with with today and there's and them being so precautious with cte and all this stuff i don't think they would let any like back in the day guys used to take chair shots to the head like it was nothing so right i'm pretty sure everybody in the business back then uh took uh wrestled with concussions but now that we know what we know about about head injuries and concussions, there's no way they let him even bump uh, with, with a chance of, you know. But even still with that, then, do you think they would have let him just do any of this right now? Because any which way, any of this stuff could have gone wrong. Look, like Seth Rollins tweaked his knee from a coquina uh, clutch. Like anything could go I, wrong I, in any of these spots. Well, that's true, too. But, do you but, we've, seen, but we, we've seen guys do stuff like even uh, – I know this is a joke, but even like when Ted DiBiase and Gerald Briscoe both won the twenty four seven title on Raw that night, like 
they, like, you know, like those are old geriatric guys and still, still like got, did, did something a little bit. So, you Fair know, enough. Fair enough. Or, or you got Arn Anderson and AEW taking a bump. So, you know, they can do the, the very minimum. But then I, then I feel like it just goes back to the question you asked, what's the payoff? Why do this? Why have this involved? Like, why build this up if they're not going to face each other? Like, right. that, I mean, that, that's what doesn't make sense. Though. The only thing I could think of is Joe and his enforcer role. The next title match that Cross has or the next big match at the next takeover, he comes out and screws him. That's the only thing I can think of. But at the same time, we go back then. We're just going back and forth right with this. But I'll, I'll say this, though. With uh, when William Regal said, you're the enforcer, if provoked. Well, yeah, that's true. If provoked. provoked, But remember that opening promo. He specifically said, you are not allowed to be a competitor. So what match can you Um, have? Unless you're provoked. Well, that's true. Unless you're provoked. Karen Cross, clearly, clear as day, choked him out, provoked him. And we, okay, maybe it's not going to be for the NXT World Championship. Maybe it's an unsanctioned match. But it's going to be something. It's going to be something. We shall see. But... That's all I have for TV Takedown. Time for some go-home thoughts. All right. Alphonse, I have to thank you for coming on the show. I had a lot of fun with you, man. It's been a long time coming, bro. Um, Do you have any go-home thoughts for us? As far as wrestling, life, or just anything on my mind? Anything you want, my man. This is is your time now. Anything you want to promote, even. Well, any any now that the world is starting to come back to normal, if I could give any wisdom, I say let's just let let's start enjoying things more and 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 not having as much drama and and and, and negative energy and bad vibes. Like nobody knew when the world would, would open back up, you know. Nobody mm-hmm. anticipated the world shutting down to begin with, and it, like this whole pandemic has felt like one just awful dream that I have yet to wake up from. And when things get in full swing, like, you know, SmackDown will be in the garden uh, in two months. AEW, Saw that. Excited for it. Yep. AEW will, will be in Queens in two months. So, Did you get your ticket? I actually did. Uh, I'm in uh, Section 312. So, A friend uh, of mine was supposed to get tickets for us. I, I'm weighing a word for that right now. I'd be, is this sold out? It's not sold out. I think, I think they are because the last time I checked Ticketmaster, they have tickets up, but they're resale tickets. And, you know, Scalper oh, City. Oh, fuck up. I better have gotten tickets for this thing. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, I, I just want everybody to, enjoy, like, you know, don't take anything for granted. Enjoy life while we're here. And let's, let's just all have a good time. Yo, I am with you. Virtual hugs here for that, man. Like, Absolutely. Uh, uh, totally with that. I always try to think with a positive mindset. I know the, the pandemic, I've talked about it before, in the very beginning, fucked me up mentally, spiritually, all, all the way around, man. I, I cried in a shower. That's how, that's how bad it got. <laughs> um, don't recommend that for anyone. But, you know, at a certain point, though, I just started getting back to myself, and I, I had no choice. You have, to, you have to move on. You have to live on. Um, because, and you're right. I mean, like, dude, I remember like the very last day, I think it was like March 11th or whatever, uh, before the world shut down. I was at a bar, hanging out with a friend, having drinks, catching up. Next thing you know, boom, that's it. World over. Like, you just don't know. And you just can't take shit for granted, man. Like, I, I'm telling everyone, like, listen, you hang, ask me to hang out. I'm not saying no anymore unless I'm booked. Yeah. Unless I'm booked. I, I have no excuses. I, I just want to go out and see everyone. Yeah, but I, and I've also taken a... Uh... I used to be a guy like, you know, when, when, when not booked, 
If I didn't have anything to do, I'd stay home. But now, just like you, if somebody said, "Yo, Alphonse, let's let's hang out," uh, yeah, I, I would do. I would do so because, especially in my situation, like you know, tomorrow is not guaranteed. So, right, you know, I'm 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 here for a good time now. So, exactly, cut the BS, cut the drama, man. Like, let's just have a, just like a love fest, summer of love, baby. Summer of love. <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> Much love, my man. Nothing but respect. Um, one thing I want to say, I understand you're going to be donning the referee shirt once again at basketball for Shane Fair. So I'm excited to hear about that. Respect. Yes, absolutely. So uh, Shane Fair asked me to uh, if I can ref. And I'm like, ref? What do you mean ref? And he goes, uh, I got a basketball game. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then, and then once he said it was for charity, I was like, all right, I'm in. I know, and especially children's charity, Miracle League of Mercer out in New Jersey. I never say no to the kids. So, no, I think it's an amazing thing. They soon I had him on the sh- uh, the show before, where I interviewed him a couple weeks back, talking about this great cause, great human being, and I'm glad so many people are involved. It's going to be a great show. Unfortunately, I can't be there live yeah. to see it, uh, but man, I, I'm I'm just hyped for it all around. Um, but yeah, dude, it's going to be great to see you back in a referee shirt, even if it's for basketball. Hopefully, it's a sign for things. Thank you. We shall see. Knock on wood. And uh, what's another thing to promote? Oh, yes. AJ Pan apparently is going to be hosting Shot of Wrestling's watch party for SummerSlam at Hooters. That was announced today by Jimmy J. I am going to be there. That's, uh, that's going to be in a, out in Fresh Meadows, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's the location. I'm definitely going there, man. I, I love Hooters. It's definitely going to be a cheat day for me. I'm excited. For SummerSlam, excited to see people, even if it's going to be AJ Pan. <laughs> makes tomorrow all the more interesting. It makes my blood boil so much, my God. Um, but anyway, are you going to go? I, I, I might, I might just slide through. All right, okay. I might, might be there. Uh, and last thing before that, I'll plug uh, August seventh, uh, IWA, uh, Save the World. Uh, it's going to be the uh, World Title Match: TJ Marconi versus Anthony Gangone. Which uh, is that going to give me another title that uh, T.J. Marconi wins? Well, he's defending all four. Oh, he's defending. Belts. Excuse me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. he's defending all four of his belts uh, against uh, Gangone. So that should be an interesting matchup. Those two have a lot of history. They know each other very well. So that should be a very good match there. So have fun calling that, my man. I'll be jealous. Hopefully, one day down the line, we'll be doing some commentary together. Would love to. That'd be fantastical. We'll do a three-man booth. Do a two-man booth. I don't care. Uh, but we got to make that happen some point down the road. Alphonse Stevens, where can they find you on social media? Ah, so uh, Twitter and Instagram is the same handle. It's ref underscore Al underscore Stevens with a V, not a PH. Boom, there you go. And you can find me at yourfavoriteactor.com. Soon to be a new page on there. Going to have shot of wrestling stuff exclusively on Your Favorite Actor coming soon. But for Your Favorite Actor, for Alphonse Stevens, Hollywood is out. Peace. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. Ha, 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 But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>